Hello, and welcome to Of The People. I am Robert Chernin. Thank you so much for joining us again. We are at a tipping point. The war against Israel is nothing more than what you're seeing here in the United States. And let me connect the dots for everybody. Over Since Obama, there has been division in this country, pitting families against each other, pitting rich, rich versus poor, men versus women, black versus white, name the divide that hasn't been exacerbated since Obama. And you divide, you can conquer. Once you've been divided, then you can invade, as you're now seeing an invasion at the southern border. And before we got to all of that, let's understand something. The invasion is the culmination of not only the division in the country, but going after man's laws, going after half the country, going after the Supreme Court, going after the laws, because again, as I've said many times before, we are a democracy and we're really not. We're a constitutional republic. We're a nation of laws. You go after the laws. You go after the people who enforce the laws. You divide the country and you pit everyone against each other in little groups and then you invade. That's exactly what you're seeing now in Israel. The last six or eight months, Israel has been divided. And those people that were protesting in the streets uh, over allegedly judicial reforms really had nothing to do with the judicial reforms. It had to do with the radical left or what we really know as radical Marxist or the liberal side of Judaism, which is something I can speak to, trying to paralyze and divide the country. Once that country was distracted, now all of a sudden the country gets invaded. This is the same playbook, the same connected dots that you're seeing here. And I would argue to anybody listening, it's an extension of what's going on here. There's a reason that this administration is trying to neuter and or make woke the military because the one faction or force they've already co-opted, taken control of media, of education, of the judiciary. They have seeded the halls of power and the government institutions with people who are radical leftists. Look at the head of ICE, and I forget her name, but the woman who's the head of ICE is a radical open border supporter heading up the agency that is supposed to enforce the borders. So once you neuter the military domestically and don't have to worry about that, and you're now trying to go after the guns, the one ally that can render support, now they can't come to America's aid, but the one ally that is an extension of the United States on some level in terms of being the only democracy in the Middle East, you have to take them down too. So what you're really seeing here from a 50,000 foot view is you are seeing they're going after Israel because we are at the tipping point. They made a decision that we're at a tipping point in this country and they're going for it. And now they're trying to take Israel down too. There's no excuse there's no way to avoid the graphic pictures you see of Israelis being raped and burned alive and children being killed in front of their parents and parents being killed in front of their children and 260 young girls being killed and some men too, but mostly young girls in the desert who were just dancing and celebrating in, in a brutality the likes of which we haven't seen since the Holocaust. Unacceptable. But folks, understand connect the dots. We are at a tipping point. America is at a tipping point, and so is Israel. More about that in the show coming up. 
we have a very special guest coming on the show. The Honorable Fred Zeidman, former chairman of the Holocaust Memorial under two presidents, both President Bush and President Obama, one of the leading voices in the Jewish world, not only in this country, but around the world. Stay tuned for that interview. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to Of The People. I am Robert Chernin. Thank you so much for joining us again with my lovely co-host. Erica Reddick. And we are thrilled to have a special guest with us in the studio, the Honorable Fred Zeidman, Chairman Emeritus for the Holocaust Memorial, U.S. Holocaust Memorial under two presidents, President Bush, President Obama, a civic leader, one of the leading Jewish voices in America to join us to talk about what's going on in Israel today, tomorrow, and in the foreseeable future. Fred, welcome to Of The People. Well, first of all, it's a, a thrill, uh, uh, and and I I'm gonna apologize. Do they know you? Does the world know you as Robert or Bobby? Uh, uh, Rob, Robert, but 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 Bobby from anything other than Bobby from you would feel disingenuous. That, well, that's, that's, that's true. I just wanted to, uh, you know, I go through that all the time because in a video that he did for me many years ago, President Bush called me Freddie. And everybody thought that gave them the right to call me Freddie. And I sort of <laughs> took offense at that and said, you know, only the president of the United States gets to call me Freddie. Nobody else after the age of six can call me Freddie anymore. So with all due respect, Robert, it is a treat and a pleasure. Uh, and I apologize if I'm going to slip into Bobby, but my God, after 30 years or whatever it's been, uh, uh, you know, old habits are hard to break. So, and, and other than you and the president, no one calls me Bobby either. So that's okay. okay. Uh, and not, and not this president, but listen, let's be serious here. And I, we're thrilled to have you on the show. Obviously you and I go back a long ways and what's going on in Israel is heart wrenching on so many levels, the raping of children, the burning of children, the, the brutal killing of families of parents being killed in front of their kids and vice versa. Uh, something that Israel did not start. But I want to jump in because unless you, you know, living under a rock, most of the world knows what's happening. But what we've seen in the last couple of days is already Israel starting to bear the blame from the Harvards of the world, the Ivy Leagues. Um, it took President Obama three days to come out with what I would call a flaccid statement uh, in, in support. Uh, the president, the current president, although I would argue it's Obama, Really, uh, again, yeah. President Biden starts taking naps at noon. So explain to us, Fred, from a high from a, you know, 50,000 foot view. How on earth does anybody blame Israel as being the aggressor, which we're already starting to see in the U.S. media, in academia and et cetera? Let's start there. Uh, Robert, look, look for, first of all, uh, this is nothing new for us. I mean, with regard to what you said before. Uh, as I said in my conversation yesterday uh, with the CEO, uh, the uh, uh, chief executive officer of Yad Vashem in Jerusalem, uh, we have seen this movie before and we've seen it every day. When you look at the brutality of this, you're seeing scenes uh, that have never been seen before. And if you look at the mainstream media, uh, uh, you know, it, Israel has... And I love to look at the maps of Israel and talk about Israel being an oppressor. Uh, uh, a, a lot of this started during the 
well, it, it's gone on forever. Uh, but if you look during the Barack Obama days, he was the one that talked about the oppression of the Palestinian people. Uh, they are not oppressed. They have never been oppressed. They have chosen to take a victim mentality and they did it. And it was the hands of their own people, uh, not at the hands of the Israeli. But the mainstream liberal media uh, uh, has uh, uh, absorbed this theory of Israel bashing and Israel being the oppressor. Uh, take a look at a map of the Middle East and you've got 600 million people surrounding Israel, all who want to wash them into the sea. I mean, the, 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 uh, you know, the Iranians who are funding all of this have said they want to kill all Jews and wipe out Israel. Uh, so it becomes very simple. And they've been using their puppets, if you will, uh, Hezbollah on the north and, and, Hamas. Uh, and Hamas in Gaza. Uh, I'm watching television last night, and I, I found this exceptionally hard to believe, but they talked about, especially now that Israel uh, has surrounded them for the last 16 years. Now, you're well aware of the fact that 16 years ago is when Ariel Sharon decided right. to leave Gaza totally, and he left, uh, uh, left the country. He uprooted 9,000 Jews who were living in Gaza. Uh, you, if in, anybody can remember those pictures, their houses were destroyed and they were all picked up and moved uh, to the other side. And by the way, most of them who wanted to be on the Gaza border uh, are the ones, those are the kibbutzim, the small agricultural villages uh, where the hostages were taken and who were brutalized. Uh, but the rest of the world has gotten to see uh, for the last two days, the brutality. I mean, the, the you know, Abba Eben said 60 years ago in the United Nations, the Arabs will never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. And once again, uh, they, they, they filmed all of their, all of this brutality. They filmed taking babies. They filmed shooting people. There was one, particularly, and I'm trying not to watch it, but, uh, you know, they attacked a music festival and they right. parachuted 260 young the, girls. Yeah. And if you look at right. the young woman that they picked up, threw on the ground, poured gasoline all over her and burned her body uh, for the world to see. And you see them taking babies and taking children. The rest of the world is seeing this brutality, but a perfect example of, uh, uh, it, it is the call that I got uh, from the uh, Israeli, well, the consul general, uh, not the ambassador, who's saying to me, Fred, we got about 24 hours before we no longer are going to be victims. I mean, this was yesterday. Right. Uh, they are continuing to brutalize. They're continuing to say, if you bomb us, we're going to start killing hostages. Well, and I think, I'm sorry for interrupting. I, I just want to, given what you, what we're talking about, we're saying the whole point is this can't be argued anymore. We now have social media. You guys are filming it. You are putting it out for the world to see. How are you justifying saying that Israel is the problem when you're literally taking video of you being the ones massacring people? Where, how are they justifying this? 
when it's very clear who the aggressors are? Well, but, uh, for number one, they were only the aggressor for 24 hours because now we're retaliating. And that immediately will give mainstream media the ability to talk about us. Uh, and I apologize for jumping around, Erica, but, but you know, the, Israel uh, lives under this theory that they will not kill civilians or, or, or families or right. children. They, they won't try to avoid it. All right. Well, the, the, the uh, Hamas and Hezbollah, but mainly Hamas, uh, if you look at the size of Gaza, which is tiny, uh, uh, hides all of their leadership, their weaponry. Uh, and Bobby, I, I, I need, I'm going to say something in a minute that I haven't heard anywhere other than me, so maybe I'm wrong about it. Uh, but they hide in, in uh, uh, schools. They hide in hospitals. That right. they know Israel won't attack. No, uh, that's right. ac that's accurate. I that that's that's not. No, 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 no. Here, here's what I, I, I'm thinking. When I looked at some of the uh, scenes of Israel's bombings yesterday and the day before, and I looked at the size of those explosions, I'm just wondering if the buildings that they're attacking, uh, 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 th that there are weapons caches underneath those buildings if right. they're blowing up you know that the missiles are all stored somewhere and they're not on military bases and gaza is i think the size of houston maybe not even the size of houston uh, which oh, wow. is by the way you know the size of new, israel's the size of new jersey and so it, it, it which is one of the reasons it's so hard to believe our intelligence has been so good there that we miss this but the fact of the matter is there's got to be an extremely brutal retaliation, uh, number one. And, and, and number two, they probably very likely are going to have to waive uh, this no killing of civilians because they have no choice this time but to absolutely destroy Hamas. They can't keep living with this every six months. Uh, one of the things I saw on TV last night uh, which really aggravated me. And you saw me make a note here a moment ago. That's because I got a calling when this is over because I'm a little ticked. But the Houston news channels last night interviewed the CEO of the Baker Institute at Rice. And they were doing a chronological deal. And all they talked about was Israel bombing Gaza, Israel bombing Gaza. They never mentioned that this was in retaliation for for uh, uh, Hamas bombing Israel outside of, uh, uh, you know, innocent uh, kibbutzim on the border. So Israel has virtually no choice but to have massive retaliation. And you're going to see all of a sudden uh, mainstream media who for 24 hours got to show uh, mainly because Hamas was broadcasting it showing the film of the brutality and we got to be for at least 24 hours we got to be a victim for one time people had some sympathy for us uh if you look at the leadership of the united states uh uh bobby i one of the best lines i've heard yet came from a, a close friend of ours uh uh and i know you were on this text chain that even germany Right. Left the United States twice. We were the last country, the last country to 
show the colors on the White House, blue and white. Uh, every other country was showing uh, solidarity with Israel and showing an Israeli flag or whatever. The well, United you know, States did it at 8 o'clock last night. Well, the, the reason is, is they had a real hard time getting the LGBTQ flag down from, now, from the White House, from the, from right. the back balcony. So all they, had to put to up a blue was, and all they had to do was just remove the yellow and the red and the purple and <laughs> get back to the base I, colors. I got it. Let, let me put this in perspective for our listeners. The 900 or 1,000 people that were killed so far and we're not even talking about wounded in, in Israel, would be analogous to our September 11th attack. Instead of 3,000 Americans being killed, it would be equal to 28,000 or 30,000 if you do the math, math based on population. So for the people who are listening- I actually heard 40,000. I heard somebody yesterday say 20, and that's wrong. Uh, uh, well, I, I did the math. 40, it's 28, it's 28 people, to 30. 28,000. Got it. Uh, you know me with math, right? But regardless, the point is that this is- this is Israel's September 11th. This is an existential threat. And I guess my question is, my next question is, and you've already started to address this, which is we've already seen Harvard 30 or so student associations, the institution come out against Israel, that Israel is the aggressor. You're already seeing the media turn. And the question is, how long will this White House, and I, obviously I know the answer in my opinion, but I'd like yours, Will this White House give Israel the running room they need to defend themselves once and for all, as opposed to, because again, let's remember, Barack Obama forced Bibi Netanyahu you know, uh, to come in through the back door. This administration right. has not even met with Netanyahu, right? So, and they obviously have given well, this money to Iran. Did, but they did. Uh, when did they meet with Netanyahu? The first time uh, a couple of years ago, uh, 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 President Biden fell asleep on him. Uh, oh, that's but right. This last time, I mean, they did meet, but not, they didn't let him in the White House. They met uh, off site at the United right. Nations General Assembly. But uh, uh, again, from my conversation uh, uh, with the uh, Israeli diplomatic corps yesterday, uh, they, they are very hopeful that the United States will give us another 24 hours. Uh, before they start making demands, and they you saw that you saw that Hamas, Hamas has already come out and said that they're open to truce talks. Oh yeah, well they said that last night. They said we have right. enough hostages now, and their first demand is we'll give you back these hostages. And you don't know if they're dead or alive. They didn't mention whether they're delivering, going to send back bodies or send back in exchange for every uh, terrorist, not terrorist, every Palestinian prisoner in all of your jails. Uh, so my, my guess is uh, it, it, it depends on how much progress Israel makes today. But I wouldn't count on going past tomorrow. Uh, you know, you always had already had Qatar, who's such been a, such a dear friend to Israel, right? Uh, Qatar already said, well, you know, we know both sides. We'll be glad to negotiate the ceasefire. I mean, you don't negotiate a ceasefire with somebody that's just killed an equivalent of 40,000 of your people and, and torched half of your country. Uh, yeah. 
yeah i've never heard of i've never heard of a time where people like if the japanese had bombed pearl harbor and then been like okay just kidding let's have a truce cool can we sign a treaty like nobody would have been okay with that nobody's gonna be like oh okay let's have some diplomacy well and erica that's what israel's saying but again I'll bet if you uh, uh, leave Bobby's house and drive over to Cambridge, uh, they would they would immediately say, you know, the first words that came out of the White House was let's show restraint. Israel, show restraint. Don't shoot back. Excuse me. You just killed that first day. They thought at that point in time, 100, 200 people. Uh, and they're telling Israel, Stay calm. Don't worry about it. I, I, uh, I, but is, that would never be okay here. What would what happen? What does restraint mean? What does restraint mean when the 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 this group of people has literally been calling for your death and destruction right. for decades? And they have what, never uh, withdrawn that statement, and they still haven't withdrawn that statement. I mean, is, Iran is literally cheering. The mullahs are cheering on what's happening, saying it's great. Hamas thanked Iran for the supplies and things to to start this new war on Israel. You've got all this stuff going on, and everybody's saying they want Israel to die and for Israelis to die and be murdered. So, like, is is the argument from the american left that israelis should just allow themselves to die or that they should all just get up and leave israel like no, what should, actually is the argument Hamas says which okay we've hit our goal now so let's make peace right as if they're not going to do it again in two weeks uh, uh once again if you look at their charter whatever it calls for the destruction of israel and the killing of all jews and that's what i'm saying so like peace is everybody's dead iran to see it did you see new york city on sunday and i I guess again on yesterday i don't but did you see the thousands of folks and uh, i mean i watched this on television and they weren't all palestinians there were a lot of good old caucasians among that group yeah. that, that uh, believe that the Israelis are, are being oppressive. Uh, I mean, we know the drill. I, 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 I tell this story and Bob's heard it a hundred times, but I had one meeting with uh, Abbas, the head of the Palestinian uh, Authority. And uh, I, I said to him, I know this is rhetorical and I know the answer, but do you realize if you would if you look at the palestinian education and work ethic if you combined that labor force with israel technology that you would be the economic engine of the entire mid-east and his response to me was he shrugged his shoulders basically saying we know that but we don't control anything we're being controlled but being controlled by iran's proxies uh in the region which are syria lebanon but mainly the militant wings are hamas uh and hezbollah and so they're totally funded they're totally manned if you will uh uh and and by the way uh bobby i I heard another statistic yesterday which is amazing 
a lot of these rockets that are coming from Hamas, how about this? Are the rockets that we left in Afghanistan and we left in 24 hours and left all the weaponry there? Those are now being shot from Gaza into uh, uh, into Israel. I've so seen those reports are, and I've seen we, the pictures. We are we are we are getting hit by American made missiles as a result of this administration's having left all of that equipment, tanks, guns, whatever in Afghanistan. And according to now retired, uh, um, uh, not chief of staff, um, Miley, I forget his position, Joint Chiefs, yeah. head of the Joint Chiefs, head of the Joint Chiefs, his his rationale was, well, it was cheaper to leave the weapons there than to take them out. That was his explanation at the time. I want to go to Iran for a second and the, and the issue of Iran, who is clearly the, not only, you know, the world's leading sponsor of terrorism, but clearly is the... Um, mastermind behind this and well told, and, but, but let me let me ask you to add to that this this new axis of evil because it's not only iran it's iran and the other guys that are sitting around the poker table with them so china and russia so, russia, so who, china, china and russia and russia and so so here's my question when i look at what's happening in the united states and i look at what's happening in israel i see a very similar um uh, modus operandi and here's here's my take so under the under the aegis of divide and conquer there is so much discord and division in this country and now we're being in my opinion invaded by our southern border and god knows who's coming in there right. you've seen israel now under the supposed um reasoning of the judicial reforms was paralyzed for the last six months or divided and all and in terms of the country and when israel was divided to a sufficient point, now the invasion comes from Gaza, from, from Hamas. So this whole divide and conquer and invasion, to me, there's a connection between the two because I think they're coming from the same source. Speak to that for me a little bit because I think this goes right through 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, perhaps not intentionally, but certainly um, because they are looking the other way and they don't care. Right. Well, back up. Uh, you know, I, 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 I've sort of laughingly said, if you go back to the Winter Olympics last year uh, in China and you remember that Putin went to China uh, uh, and you saw the, the two of them sitting uh, uh, together at uh, one of the main events. Right. And I said, I think the reason that Putin went is that he went to flip a coin to see if China could take Taiwan first or he got to take Ukraine first. And they all presumed that Ukraine was going to go in three days and none of this would happen. But this all goes back uh, again to what I would sort of call the new axis of evil, which is going to be Iran, Russia uh, and China. And I mean, we we uh, 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 when we had the sanctions in, Iran had no uh, no, no real access to money. They had no revenue right. generation. And all of a sudden we removed the sanctions. Not that they ever stopped selling oil, but it was limited. And we gave them that. We gave them all that cash that Obama flew back to them. I don't even remember what the reason for that was. But when he flew that plane full of cash back to them. $12 billion in the middle of the night. Yeah. And, and so on an, and a, on an AWAC. We, now we have offered them 500 million billion dollars whatever the hell we're six billion 
six billion, and they're claiming well it's only going to be for humanitarian purposes. As if even in Wharton, Texas, Erica, they taught us that money is fungible, right? So uh, uh, that is what has been happening. This is yeah. all part of this destruction of American exceptionalism. It all has to do with the diminishing of our, our ability, to, that w which we've always had to be, to be the uh, uh, guardian of freedom in the world because nobody else had the ability to do it since the, uh, since the Berlin Wall fell uh, and since, since the uh, uh, USSR fell apart and it went back to Mother Russia, which is exactly what Putin is trying to do. Uh, if Putin can now distract us, if he can take Ukraine, he then can take all of the Baltic, which he'll do in a minute. Uh, and then he'll go right into Poland. And once you get through Poland, you got Germany. So uh, they're trying, he's trying to uh, take that piece. Again, I, it's going to not be a matter of very long before China does something in Taiwan, because that's their issue. So Correct. you've got Russia. I mean, you've got Iran who's got the money and got the wherewithal. And look, you know what we need to do, and this the United States is it should be doing. We should, we the only thing Iran's got, and again, I realize I'm jumping around, is oil. They have nothing else they can produce. They, they, they don't need to, they're very good at sand, but we don't need it. their sand. But we need to blow up their refineries. Their refineries are right on the Arabian Gulf. Shut down their refineries. And when you shut down their refineries, they can't, they have no ability to ship oil or, or their ports. But we if you shut down their refineries, can we get their can we get their nuclear weapons and destroy the nuclear uh, missiles? You know, in the in the silos. Because if well, you just look, I, I, I look, I look. This I have said for years. This starts and ends with Iran. Now that doesn't mean that China isn't a bad player. It doesn't mean that Russia is not a bad player. But at the end of the day, if you take out the head of the, the snake, the head of the snake right. is Iran. And well, and let's and let's talk about because I know you were visiting with the crown prince in Saudi Arabia. How does this affect now what was pr supposed to be a normalization of relations? I don't know what the diplomatic term is between Saudi Arabia and Israel, which could have, in theory, you know, the Abraham Accords, right, could have, in theory, remade the face of the Middle East and. God forbid, let there be peace on earth. Right. If there's peace, there's no okay. peace on earth unless there's peace in the Middle East. So speak to that a little bit. Sure. Because well, I know first, you're involved. Yeah. First of all, uh, let me just say that uh, uh, from a timing standpoint, uh, I, I think there's a very good case to be made that Iran picked this time because they were getting so close to this normalization agreement, uh, which uh, President Biden is totally obsessed with. Uh, he was, And this is why he's been trying to wrest concessions from Israel with regard to the Palestinians, Saudi Arabia, you know, the crown prince, when uh, I want to say I met with him, but we, there were 10 of us, uh, met with him, said, look, uh, we have full relations with Israel now. Just we can't let anybody really know about it. Uh, we live in a very rough neighborhood. We can't pay the price either internally from the militants that are in our country are in our region if we were to announce peace with Israel. And that's why so much of this has been talked about uh, as they're all of a sudden supporting 
the Palestinians in a Palestinian state. Uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, most of the countries uh, in the Middle East, uh, uh, in the uh, uh, in the Gulf states, have cut significantly their contribution to the Palestinians because they have been doing this for 50 years now, and there's been no progress, and there's been no progress because we know that all this aid they give to the Palestinians never gets to the Palestinian people. It's all being siphoned off by these by the military uh, uh, and by the leadership of the Palestinian Authority. So they had really uh, pulled away quite away away from that. So now all of a sudden, uh, Iran picks this time to disturb, if you will. This is the same Iran that uh, our president is continuing to coddle up to and just made this new deal, uh, right? Because he's trying to defang uh, Iran a little bit, which you see how much good that's done for all the money he's given them. Uh, look, these people are dead set on recreating, for lack of a better word, I don't want to call it the Persian Empire. Uh, you know, they, they want this to be a Muslim world. And they can't do that as long as Christianity or Judaism exist. And so they've been using, uh, they can't declare a war because they didn't have any nuclear capability. They, they uh, are, are very, very close to it now. Uh, do we need to stop that? Sure, we need to stop it. Have we, put, have we pushed it back any of a number of years? Absolutely. We've done it several times. We did it through cyber. Uh, we've we've done it through some strategic bombing that we've been able to delay their uranium production uh, uh, to to get nuclear and to get an ability to deliver it. Well, they either have it now or they're close enough to having it. And uh, that's why Iran has been not only uh, our enemy and the enemy of the Jews in the state of Israel, they've been the enemy of all of the countries. Uh, in the uh, 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 in the Gulf region, look, not even Saudi Arabia can defend itself. I mean, it's totally dependent on the United States. Uh, not totally dependent, but it's virtually dependent on the United States uh, to defend it. And so that's that? why we've Wait, got. How is that? Some of this is very confusing to me to listen to because these are all independent countries with lots of money from oil and things like that so this idea that all the middle eastern countries are just victims of iran which has essentially been neutered makes zero sense but, to me. but iran hasn't been neutered so well, but they one, don't iran have they don't have power they don't have control they don't have nuclear weapons you're telling me that a country that everyone else hates is somehow controlling the rest of the Middle East and they're all afraid of them? Well, the answer is yes, because you got to realize these countries, uh, these countries were nomads in the desert until they discovered all that desert was on top of oil. So they've gotten money, but that has not given them intelligence or education or, or uh, you know, and what education they've got is how to handle money, uh, not how to defend themselves. They're not well, that sounds people. like they have unwise leadership. Well, hello, they've all been monarchies forever. I mean, how did the Middle East look? First of all, you know, you can go all the way back to the 
start of time. I mean, where where was the world created, right? Uh, if, ironically, this week in the Bible, uh, we're reading, we're starting the Bible, the Torah, the five books of Moses five over. Books. Right. This week's story is Bereshit, which is the beginning of the world, the creation of Adam and Eve, Genesis. right? And uh, it was not long after uh, that they sent uh, 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 one of their kids out in the desert. And, you know, and, and all of a sudden we had a Muslim religion, which is the largest religion in the world. And these folks were all just desert nomads. And there, these of all these countries are not have never been real countries. They were tribes that conquered other tribes, so they were able to control the other. I think Iraq gives a perfect example of this, because what happened as soon as as soon as we arguably got rid of Saddam Hussein, what is the first thing that happened? Iraq totally disintegrated, because Iraq only existed because Saddam Hussein kept a very stiff thumb down on all of these little tribes that were trying to be independent. And the second he was gone, there was no Iraqi, real Iraqi army or Red Guard or anything to keep all these people in line. And, and it's the same people, lesson in Afghanistan. The, and the, the same tribe lesson that, in Afghanistan. Right, exactly. I mean, you think, what did it take? four days for the Taliban to, to retake Afghanistan. And now they're doing everything that was going on there before. I mean, these are not Western educated people. These are tribal people and their whole, uh, 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 their whole reason for being is to take the next hill. Uh, they were all, you know, trying to colonize and they go to war with the, the next, the next tribe over. And one of them wins, and now they've got two locations, right? And this this is what the all of the Middle East was about. And they didn't even realize they were fighting over oil, uh, you know. And I don't know, I, I can't remember. Was it Farouk? Who was the first king of Saudi Arabia? But these were F Faisal. 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 So, yeah, these were not democratically elected folks. They right. were they were the toughest guys that conquered the most territory and the entire Middle East was drawn up by Britain, right? I mean, there were no borders yeah. anywhere. That was Britain, the Sykes-Pico, the Sykes-Pico, okay. right, the Sykes-Pico Accord. You get this one and Hussein, you get that hill. And and that's where right. the borders were all drawn. And so Fred, I want, Fred, Iran I want it. somehow is more organized than every other country in the Middle East. There's not Iran? a bunch of tribal people. Right. Iran? No, but right. Iran's been under sole control uh, all along. There's been no breakup. Uh, there certainly could have been. And there was the first major attempt to do it uh, in the 70s under the Shah of Iran and the religious fanatics. Uh, the, the Shah was counting on the United States because he had promised them that he would support him and his regime. And as soon as the Muslim clerics got their militants uh, 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 together and attacked the Shah of Iran, the United States forgot about protecting it. And it fell under Muslim rule, and it's been under Muslim rule ever since. And whether Israel now will go back, you know, every to this, look, George Bush in the Iraqi war, the reason he attacked Iraq 
and left Iran alone uh, was because he felt the Iranian people would revolt and overthrow that regime by itself. What he didn't count on is, is that Muslim regime had all the weaponry. Nobody else had any weapons. And so they, did, they couldn't stage a revolt. You stage a revolt, they massacre, they massacre you. And, and we don't get to see it. We're getting to see this one. We're getting to see the Iranian uh, 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 proxy uh, do exactly what Iran has done to their people forever. Exactly what Syria did to all of their people. You know, you had the massacres in northern Syria. Uh, you know, Iraq did it to the first people that wanted to be independent, which was up north. The Kurds. Uh, the Kurds. Yep. Okay. Right. Fred, so Fred, let me, Fred, let me jump evidence. in. Erica, 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 let me jump in. Yeah. Stop. Okay. Um, Fred, let, I want to shift this to U.S. politics for a second. Right. Okay. E elections well, matter. Sorry, I, let me just say one thing and, sure. then, and then we'll do it. Uh, Western, the Western mind, okay, our minds can't conceive, and this is why you have to see it on TV. Exactly. We can't conceive of, of Eastern fundamentalism. We don't understand that life means nothing to them. It's all about this religious fervor, and they don't care how many people die because the good life is when you go, go to the 70 virgins, I guess, in, in, in heaven. And so we can't conceive, just like we couldn't conceive of what the Nazis did to, uh, to the Jews in Europe. We, we, if you can't imagine it, you don't act on it. Okay, Bob, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And, and look, look you, you, you've made a point that I have made for a long time, which is, you know, to the Western intelligentsia or the Western elite, they think that these are people who think like they do and are rational in a Western Correct. sense of the term. And they don't Correct. understand that this is a religious zealotry, right? That's These correct. are ideologues and it's a religious zealotry and they don't think like we do. So we, we as the West cannot comprehend that. How could they not see that? How could they not? How could like they that? not see that? We just don't right. understand it. Right. Right. But that's, a, uh, but that's a perfect segue to U.S. politics, right? Elections matter. Elections have. And again, Bob, you know, I apologize because I've got a dead stop relatively quickly so I, I, uh, that, that's let, why I, let's that's certainly why I wanted to... go there because you're sitting in new hampshire uh right. where my particular favorite candidate is picking up some significant ground right now but let and me let's, uh, let's talk let's, let's talk nikki haley and u.s politics i know that you are an official surrogate for the campaign i know that correct. you're very close with the ambassador and i know that she obviously really had very high marks and reviews when she was the ambassador to the United Nations for how tough and tenacious she was in dealing with, you know, our, our the countries that we would call our enemies or they're not friends to the U.S. Elections matter. How would a Nikki Haley president deal with what you're seeing in the Middle East now versus what I would call a feckless president in Joe Biden? Well, uh, you know, if you listened uh, if you listened to her on uh, whichever show she was on Sunday, I don't remember, but she very specifically said, well, she didn't say in your words, you have to cut off the head of the snake. She said, we have to kill the entire leadership. And if that means some of the Iranians, we have to do that as well. Uh, she understands better than anybody uh, the threat to Israel. Uh, I, I heard her say one time when she was ambassador that she and Ambassador Danan get up 
every morning and go in and get the crap beat out of them by every other country uh, in the uh, United Nations because of their support of Israel. Uh, she, if you remember, George W. Bush gave Ariel Sharon a blank check to That's do right. whatever he needed to do to support the state of Israel. And I don't think that Nikki will give them a, a complete blank check, but she'll come awful close to it. She understands what Israel has to do. Her best friends at the United Nations were the Israelis. And she understands their plight. She understands what they're putting up with. She understands uh, uh, how they are with, they have up until this time withheld, for lack of a better word, uh, their, uh, uh, the full power that they're capable of. Uh, uh, and I don't think, uh, I think she firmly, firmly believes, you've heard her say this in the debate and is saying it every night, that Israel cannot continue to live with this. The rest of the world, they're not catching up with Israel. Israel's, uh, you know, continuing to stay ahead. Uh, they listen to that old Satchel Page line, right? Don't look over your shoulder. Somebody's going to be catching you. Uh, right. They just keep staying ahead of the rest of the world, but you can't do it forever. You can't stay with the resources in China and Iran and Russia, all based on, well, China has no oil, uh, but Venezuela and sure, Iran. Sure they do. We're, we're selling it to them from our strategic petroleum reserve. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we're gaining our strategic petroleum reserve right. to, give China, uh, to give China oil. So, Incredible. She knows what it takes to get this done. And I think she'll allow the Israelis to do it because the Israelis are not asking us for any kind of help. They're asking us for two things. Well, you can say help or not help. Number one, they're asking us to give them the green light and not to use moral suasion to stop them from taking care of the job, which is what we just talked about. They can't do it forever. They can't do it for more than another couple of days. That's number one. And number two, you know, we've got monster supplies of weaponry in Israel right now that are being stored. They're not being stored there for Israel, arguably. They're being stored there when we need them. But that we will release equipment to Israel uh, and ammunition to Israel to allow them to finish the job. And I think Nikki knows all of that and she'll be very supportive of that. And there's, I don't want to say there's nothing more important uh, there is uh, to Americans. There might there is one thing more important, and it's uh, uh, it's down on our southern border, and that has got to be stopped. Uh, uh, when you look at what's coming into this country now, uh, Bob, you and I have a close friend who's got a big ranch on there, uh, you know, right. down on the border. And in the in the early days, he was telling me this was three four years ago that all the people coming across the border. Uh, we're, we're good folks. They were coming over here uh, to take the menial jobs that uh, 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 Americans don't want to do anymore. Uh, and, you know, Erica, I don't know, they come through your hometown, they might be in buses already. Uh, but, uh, and that they would, uh, on the ranch, they would give them water, they would let them stay there as they were moving through. Well, you're not getting millions of people. What do we have, two and a half million that have come across now? And uh, his brothers who still live on the ranch telling me that the ones that are coming across the border now are all packing. Uh, you know, they're all coming here for the freebies 
and they're all they're all so many of them are militants. They've all got guns. Ironically, everybody thinks that all the fentanyl is coming across, you know, Larry's ranch. It's not. It's coming in the trucks that are going across the border and we're not checking the trucks. So the fentanyl crisis is real, but it's not coming necessarily on the back. Sex trafficking, major, major issue. And that's coming across the river. OK, uh, the militants are coming across the river. But the bulk of the fentanyl is coming in these big panel trucks that are legally entering the United States across the bridge, but they've overwhelmed our ability to monitor them on the border. So uh, that's a whole different issue we didn't talk about, but I can assure you, uh, and you heard Nikki over and over and in the debate say, you know, she didn't make a stop at a at the on the border Mexican restaurant like our vice president did and claim I've been to the I've been on the border, right? Yeah, to eat, eat Mexican food in the restaurant chain. But uh, she has made the border and she understands it. Uh, and she's going to stop that, too. So, so, look, we could go on. I know you have a hard stop, so I'm mindful of, you, of your time. And I time. apologize, and you know I'm willing to do it again because, you know, my, my kids keep telling me I need to work on revenue-producing projects but uh, <laughs> i'm just counting on you being the banker's admin when i need it and i'll keep trying to save the world but well uh, you keep trying to save the world and if it's marky or jay or your daughters i'm in no problem you know that um absolutely and perhaps you could do us a favor here because i know we've reached out to nikki's campaign we're going to be at the first in the nation summit this weekend uh, in, in a day or two from now in New Hampshire, where she's going to be. And we, we're, we'd love to sit down with her and let her talk directly to the folks in New Hampshire. Not that we don't love you as a surrogate, but you know, perhaps you can, perhaps you can make that happen. I've heard it before. I want, we want the real deal, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Thank you. Um, Fred, Fred, thank you so much for coming on folks. Erica, who have been thank listening. you. Thank Tell you. Tell Robbie, we live in the best state in the union. Yes, maybe sir. we're the best nation in the Western Hemisphere if, if we really have seceded. Uh, Bobby, I'm happy to do this anytime because, as you well know, y'all y'all are tiny, but y'all are mighty. I mean, the next president of the United States, to a great extent, gets uh, decided by how the people of New Hampshire vote. Uh, Live free or die. Yep. Live free Thank or die. Thank you. Take care. Thank you, Fred. Appreciate yep. Bye-bye. Folks, you were listening to a conversation with Fred Zeidman, the Honorable Fred Zeidman, former chairman of the U.S. Holocaust Memorial under two presidents, both President Bush and President Obama, as well as one of the leading uh, Jewish leaders in the country, civic leader, businessman, and obviously ground zero when it comes to what's going on with Israel. We need to go to break. We're going to make a little money, or in this case, shekels. We'll be right back. Socialism. The goal of socialism is communism. The world is quite familiar with socialism and the horrors socialism has brought with it. It wasn't that long ago. Actually, it's still with us. Socialism creeps into government slowly until it's too late. Socialism, the big lie. Yes, it could happen anywhere. This educational video was brought to you by the American Center for Education and Knowledge and paid for by people like you 
who care about the future of our democracy. Please help us continue our work educating the American public and consider supporting ASIC by making a tax-deductible donation at ASICfund.org. Hello, and welcome back to Of The People. I'm Robert Chernin with my co-host, Erica Reddick. Yes. Erica, I know we don't have much time, but let's recap real quick. First of all, thank you to Fred Zayman coming on, not only to talk about what's really going on in Israel, but as a surrogate for the Nikki Haley campaign for president as well. Um, Erica, tell me, what are your takeaways from this? Because there was so much information um, that my head is, is exploding a little bit. You know, I think that is how a lot of us are feeling. Um, You know, there is a a wild disconnect between what I was taught about the creation and formation of Israel after World War II and what is taught in schools now. And I... You know, overall, I'm just really sickened and disgusted by anyone who would be cheering on and celebrating uh, the death and uh, and torture of human beings. And so I would just say that, um, you know, the, the good news is that the left is really showing their colors and what a bunch of sick depraved people they are and they hopefully don't this just but wakes up more americans to I, what I, is wrong I, I hope you're right but they don't care so here's my takeaways my takeaways is number one as i've said before this really ends with iran iran is the head of the serpent so even if if israel is successful in uh, defending itself against hamas or taking out hamas which is what i hope this doesn't end until there is a regime change in iran number one Number two, my second takeaway from all of this is that the left or the progressive left, or let's call it the Hamas lobby. So the squad, Rashid Tlaib, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, I, you know, Yana Presley, all of those people, they're the, let's call them what they are. They're the lobbyists for Hamas. But the Democratic Party, there's a poll out now that the Democrats are more in support, their majority of Democrats support the Palestinians over the Israelis. What do you think about that? I mean, if it was Palestinians they supported, it would be one thing, but it's not. It's a terrorist group named Hamas, and, and so, Hezbollah, uh, just and, and Hezbollah. So, uh, just ill-informed. Uh, the people around the world and in America are really ill-informed about what goes on in the Middle East, and um, it's just further evidence that these people are, um, again, sick and depraved morons in some cases. Well, I would argue that it's one of the reasons they don't want to teach history. Well, first of all, as we've talked about ad nauseum on other shows, they don't teach yeah. U.S. history. You think they're going to they teach don't. world history? You know, no. they, they, you know, you you think people know what the Balfour Declaration was, which is no. which, which which really was the establishment of Israel, even though Israel had to. I mean, the establishment, the Balfour Declaration was a partition of, of Palestine. It was, it was, watch the movie Exodus, right? Which actually yeah. has Paul well, Newman and, and even Marie Saint, if you want to learn history. But Israel had to even wrest you, their own citizenship and statehood. Even if you 
like disregard all of the political, diplomatic, whatever nonsense that's happened in the world over the last, you know, 250, 500 years to argue somehow that the Israelis are not the first people in that area as if it should belong to a religion and a group of people that came years later. I, I mean, even just that is wild. Like, if you can't admit that Jerusalem w was Jewish first, <laughs> I, you are so ignorant of history. I can't even, how do we even begin a conversation? Well, that, that, be that begs the question, and I, and I agree with you. But, but understand something, that as we've talked about, the Western rational mind cannot comprehend the religious zealotry in the Middle East or any religious zealot, which I would argue this whole wokeism is religious zealotry in this country, which is why it's so intolerant. Mm. They don't think like we do. They're not trained with a Western mind. They're trained in, an, in a very religious zealotry uh, perspective. And for them, you know, death is a good thing because then they, you know, then they're martyred and they, I think it's, I think Fred said 70 virgins, but I think it's 144 virgins, uh, you know, according to Islam. Don't quote me. I'm not an expert in Islam, but uh, of course not. But I'll tell you one positive in all of this, and there's not really many positives, is all the uh, documentation out of the Holocaust is was old. This is real-time documentation of the animal and brutality of these terrorists burning children alive, you know, raping and shooting girls, children, mothers, uh, taking prisoners. This is going to be another Daniel Pearl where you're going to see people executed on live TV or on live video. So at least now there will be modern proof of the savagery of these religious zealots and these terrorists. And let's call them what they are. These are animals. I don't think there's any dispute at this point. Well, and I think that this idea and this notion that human beings are somehow inherently good and, oh, we're just, you know, it's the oppressed versus the oppressor and the colonized versus the colonizer and all this stuff. And it's like, nah, bro, it is human beings are by their nature tribalistic and murderous. And this is what we do when we are left to our own devices, when we are left to our own belief systems and our own, without being checked by, oh God, like, oh my God. I, anyway, I could just go on and on. That's okay, the okay. thing, Robert, we're, is like, we're, if we're... you have a religion that justifies the rape and murder of other people, if you have a God that celebrates that we do not share the same God, the coexist bumper sticker you need to get rid of and you need to stop lying about how there is a moral equivalency to the Judeo-Christian values versus Islam. It is, it is a lie straight from the pit of hell and I'm tired of listening to it from the left. Okay, and we're getting the high sign from Lord Benjamin that we are out of time. We're going to leave it on that note. And I know you're upset and so am I. Um, let's hope that justice is done and let's hope that Israel continues to have the running room to defend itself 
and take care of this problem once and for all. Folks, you have been listening to Of The People. I am Robert Chernin with... Eric Reddick. And thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. Take care.